today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. David prays and he seeks the Lord. Don't wait until you hit rock bottom. Don't wait until you've hit a wall to lift your head up and say, Oh God, help me. See the trial coming, even if it's been a long time. Bow your knees, lift your voice, and pray. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Living in unbelief causes us to do many things we'd never think we'd do. While David lives in unbelief, he resorts to destruction and deception, as we learn in today's message by Pastor Ed. David made compromises so when the enemy interacted with him, they couldn't tell the difference between him and the world. Don't wait until you've hit rock bottom to cry out to God. Take his promises, pray them, and believe them. Then, when you face trials, you can walk in belief and your testimony will be a light to the world. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. filled his heart with negative self-talk and he began to believe the lie that Satan was whispering. Satan has a lot of lies that he'd like to whisper into your heart and mind, like to tell you that you won't reach the destination, that God's purpose won't be fulfilled, that it won't come to pass. David began listening. The author of Hebrews, and the scripture tells us that, first of all, what the concept, the principle here is this, you can't look at the promises of God through the eyes of unbelief. David looks at the promises of God through the eyes of unbelief. If you do, you won't be able to hold on to them, nor will you be able to stand on the promises. Hebrews tells us we have to be very careful Lest our heart become unbelieving and lest we fall away. That's what's happening now. There's this downward spiral in the life of David. But there's another reason. There's something else happening in the life of David. The trials seem to be without end. Now, granted, he's on the last lap. David, hold out a little longer. The sun is going to rise. Saul is going to be killed on the battlefield. You'll be king. David, you're on the last lap. But as it is so often, people give up just before the day is going to break just before the night is going to turn into dawn. And there David is, this long trial that keeps on going on and on and on. Now, when he had trials before, you know what he did? He would take them, lay them before the Lord, 
And God would bring good out of evil. God would turn the tables around for him. Again and again, God came through. This time, David does something very different. David doesn't pray. David looks at his trials through the eyes of unbelief. He looks at his trials through the eyes of unbelief. He thinks to himself, I am going to die. Surely he's going to get me. This is going to do me in. As you look at your trials, you look and think, it's going to destroy me. It's going to get me. Every trial is traced upon your dial, the songwriter wrote, by the son of love. See, God was making David. God was forming him on the potter's wheel. God was making him into the man that he was going to be. One day David would sit on that throne and God knew what he needed to allow David to go through so that David would be successful. So don't look at your trials through the eyes of unbelief. It will cripple you. It will take you down. I want you to notice that something happens. There are red flags that should go up in your mind and my mind when we're walking on this path of unbelief. When we begin to walk on the path of unbelief, there's certain characteristics What happens is we begin to take the way that seems right in our own eyes. In fact, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man. What are the characteristics of that way? What are the red flags that we should notice? Well, the first thing is that we begin to look at things, to look at life through worldly wisdom. Our decisions are made from a worldly perspective. In verse 1 again, David begins to think, the best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I'll slip out of his hand. Was he right? Yes, he was. If he would just get over that line into the land of the Philistines, Saul was not going to follow him there. Sometimes you wind up jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. And that's what's going to happen. When you take yourself out of the will of God, even though it's a storm, even though it's a trial, even though it's a severe testing, and you're thinking to yourself, how long can I endure this? How long can I take this? How long does this have to go on? The mistake we make is to think that we can do better outside the will of God than in the will of God. That's worldly wisdom. Listen, escape. You'll be safe. Get out from under the pressure of that difficult relationship. Uh, Listen, take the shortcut, the easy way, to go this long, difficult road. Man, that's going to wear on you, David. And David begins to listen to worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom is looking at our life 
from earth's perspective rather than heaven's perspective. It's seeing things from merely a natural, fact-finding human perspective rather than letting the divine look at your life and saying, from a divine perspective, ah, I see, I see. When we begin walking on that path, we are characterized by making decisions out of worldly wisdom, but something else. We're marked by compromise. We will compromise our devotion to God. Uh, The devotion to God is marked by compromise. Watch what happens. Here's a conversation with David and Achish. Then David said to Achish, if I have found favor in your eyes, let a place be assigned to me in one of the country towns that I may live there. Why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So that day Achish gave him Ziglag. That's important. Verse 3 of chapter 29 tells you about how Achish felt because Achish was defending David before the Philistine leaders. Achish said in verse 3 of chapter 29, he said to the commanders of the Philistines, Is not David the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, who has been with me now for days and years since he deserted to me? I have found no fault in him at all. Watch what's happening. Here David is compromising. He's going into the enemy's camp. Now Ziglag belonged to Judah, but it was controlled by the Philistines. That geographical place that David was in spoke about the spiritual place that he was in. There are many Christians who go into the enemy's camp. They're still a child of God, but they're controlled by the enemy. There David is. He's living this life of compromise. Uh, He's making decisions, compromising his stand. The Philistines think that he's associated with them. He's committed to them. On the inside, he's still a child of God, but on the outside, he looks like the world. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. The bills will come due. You may temporarily relieve yourself from the stress, from the frustration, from the pressure. And maybe you just think it's only for a season. I'm only going to take a spiritual vacation from God for a week. Maybe a month. And maybe David thought that way because now he could sleep at night. He wasn't worried about Saul breaking into his camp. He wasn't worried about Saul making a sneak attack into the Philistine area. Now he was safe and secure, or at least he thought so. What happens is he's going to have to pay, and he's going to pay dearly for walking out of God's will, for compromising. Watch the destination. Look at this path. Here's where it's going to lead you. Once you begin by making decisions based on the world system, worldly wisdom, once you begin to compromise your faith, your walk with God, here's the destination. 
Here's the stopping place. Here's where you wind up. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. Death. Spiritual, emotional, physical. Watch what happens to David. David, first of all, dishonors God. He dishonors God. He finds himself in a place of dishonor. Achish trusted David and said to himself, he's become so odious to his people, the Israelites, that he will be my servant forever. David loses his testimony. Remember, David, when you challenged Goliath in the name of the God of Israel? David, remember when you declared that there was only one God, Yahweh, and he would defeat the armies of the Philistines? David, you said years before, in fact, you penned it into a song, and your troops would sing it. What happened to the words you penned, the words you sang? Let me read them to you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when mine enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. David! You said that. What happened? What happens is when we begin to walk in worldly wisdom and compromise, we lose our song. We lose our testimony. And there David is. Suddenly, that song has lifted from him. The sweet psalmist is no longer penning Psalms of faith and encouragement. He begins to walk in dishonor. I thought you were a Christian. Christians really hang out there? You mean Christians live like that? Whenever we begin walking in compromise and in worldly wisdom, we'll reach a destination where we begin to dishonor God. And where our testimony is greatly hindered. There's a quote that I have by Martin Luther. He says, what greater rebellion in piety or insult to God can there be not to believe his promises? And that's what David is doing. He's not believing the God who called him. Something else, though. This destination, remember I said it's a place of death? It's a place of where there is mass death, destruction, a place of destruction. Uh, The Bible text tells us in chapter 27 how low David would sink. Remember this man who wouldn't take Saul's life? Remember this man with high morals and values? Take faith out of him, extract it from him, put unbelief in him, and he is capable of anything. 
David lived in the Philistine territory a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites, the Gerizites, and the Amalekites. Whenever David attacked an area, he did not leave a man or a woman alive, but took sheep and cattle, donkeys and camels and clothes. Then he returned to Achish. When Achish asked, where did you go raiding today? David would say against the Negev of Judah, the Negev of the Gemaral, and against the Negev of the Canaanites. What he was doing was David was being deceptive because David was actually attacking some of the allies of the Philistines. And he didn't want a word to get back, so he completely obliterated everyone. He stole their goods. He stole their lives. He slit their throats because he didn't want a word to get back to Achish. He wanted to cover his tracks. But God sees. God knows. In those moments of unbelief, he commits genocide. Our hero falls from his pedestal. When we live in unbelief, some great tragedies happen. We fail to protect our children. We fail to walk in faith. Our children are endangered by the attack of the enemy. Our families are endangered because we're not doing spiritual warfare. No, no, no. we sometimes have our reasons. Well, you know, I just, um, summertime is coming and we need to take a long family vacation and, and we'll get back into church. Well, for David, he was out of the promised land for 16 long months. And sometimes when people take those spiritual excursions away from God, now I'm not talking about enjoying their vacation, but I'm talking about forgetting to be in God's house, forgetting to be in God's word, living a life of compromise. It's a downward spiral. The people you should be witnessing to, you can't witness to. The people you should be sharing your faith, you're not in the condition to share your faith because you're living in the enemy's camp. On the inside, you're a believer, a child of the king, but on the outside, they can't tell the difference between you and the world. That's what's happening in David's life. Now, don't make any mistake. You, me, anyone pays deeply for living in the enemy's camp, for going and living and camping out where we shouldn't be. Here's what happens in David's life. He sheds innocent blood, and it's going to come back to haunt him. Yeah. See, there are scars that we incur when we live in the world. There are wounds that we have when we live for the enemy. And they follow us into the future. It did for David. David goes before God. And he said, God, I've gathered the wood. I've gathered the stones. I've gathered the gold. And I'd like to build your house. 
And God says to David, David, your hands are too bloody. Your hands are too bloody. See, God looks. He knows. He remembers. Now, God in his mercy still is with David. He's still protecting him, remember. He's still watching over him because David, as he's rejected by the Philistines, and that was a relief, I'm sure, to him, he goes back to Ziglag, and as he's in the distant from Ziglag, all of a sudden he sees smoke going up. What happened? The Amalekites come and they invade his camp and they burn the camp and they take the women and children and David doesn't know what in the world has happened. What he had done to others is now done to him but God holds back their hand and God even deals in mercy with David here. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. David, David, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to take a fall. David, you don't get away with low living. It's a high price you'll pay. David, you can't camp out with the enemy and expect God's blessing. Some of you are right now being tempted to live and to walk in unbelief. You've been in a trial that's sort of wearing on you. It feels like a tornado that's sweeping through your life and you feel like you're going to be uprooted and pulled out. It's been trouble in your home, trouble in your life, trouble in your work, and you feel absolutely under pressure and you're tempted to just... Jump ship and get out. Hang in. Hang in. Hang in. Do what David did at the end of the story. He prays. If he would have done that in verse 1 of chapter 27, we wouldn't have had the story of 27 and 29. David prays and he seeks the Lord. Don't wait until you hit rock bottom. Don't wait until you've hit a wall to lift your head up and say, Oh, God, help me. See the trial coming. Even if it's been a long time, bow your knees, lift your voice, and pray. And take those promises, though they may see seem distant, though they may seem unreal, though they may seem like they're not working, take them, take them, and pray with them, and let them fill your heart with faith, so when the enemy pulls you this way, and pulls you that way, you'll walk on that straight and narrow way, and you won't turn to the right, you won't turn to the left. Cloudy days, dark nights, discouraging times come to all of us. Don't let Satan successfully use those weapons of doubt, of unbelief and discouragement on you. When they start coming, 
flee to the mercy state. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith. As Dr. Ed Jones teaches more from the incredible life of David, we hope that you've been encouraged by today's message and that you desire to seek God's will for your own life. Following God is an adventure and definitely goes against the grain of the world but it's filled with the freedom that grace provides and blessings beyond compare. Would you like to know more about having a relationship with God? We'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 845-462-5955 and let us share how Jesus has changed our lives. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith radio ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the activities for your family at Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We would be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent in fellowship with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all that He has done for us. Give us a call for more information. Our number again is 845-462-5955. We hope today's message has blessed you and that no matter what is happening in your life right now, you're turning to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed dives deeper into the life of David. Your word restores and